Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How'd You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Angela Matheny, who is Director of Investment Staff and Diverse Manager Equity at Crucial Partners LLC. Hi, Angela. Lovely to have you on the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So I guess we can first start off with a quick introduction as to who you are and perhaps an answer to the main question of the podcast, which is how do you do it and why should I care? Okay. Um, so the main question is how do I do it? How do I do the work that I do every day and why yes. should I care? Yes. Um, I, I think that my unique background uh, makes me prime to do this work, especially at this time the height of um, this new wave of what I deem as a civil rights movement. So what I do is diversity and inclusion in finance. And what we do is we give everyone an opportunity to compete. So that means women women and people of color. Um, That was the uh, impetus of my work actually um, at Crucial Partners, sourcing diverse asset managers. And why do I care? I care because I like to level the playing field. I like um, I like people who are underfollowed or undersourced or under-resourced in any way to have their moment to um, be highlighted or to shine or, like I said, to compete. And so I think everyone should care about an equal playing field and everyone should care about differentiated talent because we all know that um, diversity um, leads to greater outcomes no matter what you're doing. Definitely, I would agree. And it's such an interesting sort of intersection that you're working in of the intersection of diversity, equity and inclusion and then finance. So I'm curious as to what inspired you to join this industry and specifically follow this career path. Well, I kind of fell into finance. I was doing some HR work at a financial services law firm for over 23 years, and I was in the training and development department. And I saw a lack of, a lack of women in leadership roles, a lack of women um, attorneys ascending to a partnership um, role, which is, you know, the all of these roles are not only powerful, but they are lucrative as well for many families. And so I asked the uh, one uh, litigator that I know knew an African-American woman, and I asked where were they sourcing their talent? And... Immediately, almost the next cohort of uh, students that came in and they were in their last year of law school and then they ascended into a role of first year associates. And when I saw the earning potential there and the um, opportunity to work on so many important projects and also bonuses that they received and, you know, everything was set by class. So if you graduated um, in 2006, and you were the class of 2006. And as you, you know, ascended along your way, the trajectory to partnership or general counsel or special counsel, it took a number of years to do that. And I saw the white men doing that um, easily, and it was a clear path for them, but I didn't see women and people of color. And so that kind of bothered me. So when I finished grad school around 2015, because I went later in life, um, I wanted to dig more into uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And mm-hmm. I connected with a friend, reconnected with a friend that had also worked at the same law firm previously in the HR department. And I asked her for some help. And she said, okay, you help me with this and I'll help you with that. 
And I came on board as a volunteer at Crucial Partners, which was then Colonial Consulting. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I would stay there at all. I was just doing some projects um, along with HR. So I was an HR partner and um, I started consulting on some learning and development goals that the director had at the time. And then lo and behold, one day walks in the CIO um, and he needed help building out the C-suite. And so that's where I started my work. That's great. And it's great that you had that opportunity to sort of reconnect with your friend from the law firm and they sort of helped you gain this new role at Crucial Partners. So I'm curious, what were the other best resources that helped you along in your journey? The best resources is always... um, uh, what, what I deem as transformational skills. So you don't throw everything away. You don't forget everything that you learned um, in, in your work life. Uh, you take personal experiences, you take professional experiences, and all of those experiences allow you to reinvent yourself if that's what you're doing. But transformational skills are very important because you, you should always build upon something else that you learn in a previous role um, in a previous life even. Um, and so that 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 prepared me the most. And the other thing that I would say prepared me was just being ready for change, being ready for anything unique. I like challenges. I like changes. Some people don't embrace changes, but my background, because I came from a, such a dysfunctional background growing up where I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, mm-hmm. um, there were many unexpected things that happened. Um, on probably a weekly basis. And so nothing was normal or steady um, at times, not always, but I I saw a a number of things that was uh, unsteady. And so I think that shaped me as an individual to just, you know, embrace change, be surprised by things that I didn't expect. And I kind of don't like surprises. So I guess the way I handle surprises is I, I was taught by my mom to always have a plan B so that I'm not totally thrown off guard. Definitely. And um, following on from that, um, obviously you had your mom taught you the lesson of having a plan B. I'm curious though, were there any lessons that you wish you'd have known before starting in your career? The only lessons that I wish I, uh, the things I, I, I wish I had known is be a subject matter expert in one thing, anything. And then you can sort of be a generalist as you approach a lot of other things. And that's some sort of, um, that's that's advice that I hear a lot, mm-hmm. not only in my industry, but just in general, because you can always, you know, become an expert or know a lot, uh, a little bit about many things and you can build a team to sort of fill in your blind spots, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like the president. I always think about the president of the United States, whomever that person may be. Um, they surround the, themselves with subject matter experts, with advisors, but they also, you know, have enough gravitas and intellectualism, and um, they know a lot, uh, a little bit about a lot of things. And um, whatever else you don't know, you can uh, fill in the blanks with experts. Definitely, I would agree. I think having that subject matter then expertise can then mean that when people think of that subject matter, they think of you immediately. And then they say, this person is, you know, the most well-read in this area. And so they know to trust you. And that's great sort of to have as well. Mm -hmm. I agree. And also I think in finance, um, I probably would have taken math more seriously Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my younger years, but foundationally I didn't have good math teachers. So Mm -hmm. 
I fell in love with math in college and I went to college later in life once again, um, a, a pivotal point in my life where I had children now who were learning algebra and um, trigonometry and calculus. And I had to roll up my sleeves and remember a lot of things and help them. And so when I got into college, I realized what the challenges were with math, particularly in my community for not all, but many that I knew. Um, and I embraced it because they wouldn't give you a degree otherwise if you didn't embrace it. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> worth embracing. And thinking about the whole span of your career, you mentioned that you had quite an untraditional path into finance. So what would you say was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Oh, gosh, my biggest failure was not having financial literacy to make some what seemed like simple decisions. So I remember when I was refinancing my mortgage when I was really young, I bought some property in my mid-20s. Um, first of all, I should have never sold that house. I didn't know that I should have uh, hung on to it. I, I really hate talking about that because it was such a great property, but I thought I had to sell it in order to renovate the next property that I bought. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I was refinancing back in the, I don't know, probably late, I'm aging myself, late, late 90s, early 2000s, um, I kind of consolidated some debt that I wanted to um, bundle uh, in with the mortgage. And that was a disastrous mistake. It was so disastrous because I, um, I consolidated at a higher rate and I didn't realize at the time what that was actually doing for the overall debt that I was trying to pay off. And so just simple financial literacy, um, you know, was a thing that I was lacking at the time. Um, and, and so, yeah, I have many regrets. I still, sometimes that, that, that wakes me up at night. <laughs> Goodness. Well, you know, you learn from that mistake and now you can go forward and, you know, finance your properties um, knowing that from the past. Yes. And I teach others now. I teach others because I made, you know, such uh, bad decisions financially. I teach others so that they don't make the same mistake that I made. That's very helpful. And um, following on from that, you've been dropping really great pieces of advice throughout this conversation. But I'm curious as to what would be one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Oh, there are so many paths now, so many uh, programs that I didn't know about. For instance, um, uh, SEO, uh, Sponsors for Educational Opportunities, and I'm probably botching that name. Um, th that's a great program. It's a path for uh, students in the eighth grade. They start in this program actually when they're freshmen in college, and they follow them all through college. They have the highest SAT scores in the nation these students. So SEO was one program. Another program, um, I mean, just connect with a lot of trade organizations who are champions, especially of diversity and inclusion in, in finance. And so, you know, there's programs like En-ROADS. There's so many programs now that I wish I had known about. And you know what I love? I, I love to focus on not just the A students. I love the B and especially the C students mm -hmm. because I believe that there's talent there. And I also know for a fact that there's talent in uh, non-Ivy League institutions. So I love sourcing students um, when we're hiring interns to come along our path mm -hmm. um, into finance. I love to source from state and city colleges um, as well as Ivy League institutions. So I think that diversification of talent is really important because we all can teach each other uh, so much.
Definitely, I would agree. And then finally, about your career, what is one common myth um, about your industry or profession that you would like to debunk? A myth? Um, well, probably because I'm focused on diversity and inclusion and finance, um, just because you haven't seen a person of color manage assets doesn't mean that they are incapable of managing assets. Many of the people that I uh, come across that we've sourced, that we've allocated to, are what we deem as excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, they are high performers. In fact, many of them outperform their white male counterparts. Um, and then the other thing is probably women. I would like to see more of us in this industry in leadership roles. Um, because you can't be what you can't see if you're some little girl watching or some impressionable high school student or college student. I would say read a lot, research a lot, uh, listen and and um, appoint your mentors is what I learned. Don't wait mm-hmm. for someone to say, oh, I want to mentor you. Um, you can learn directly and indirectly from many people. Um, listen to a lot of podcasts. Listen a lot. God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Um, and yeah, I, I would just say that there's no, nothing insurmountable in terms of what you can achieve in this business, because there's so many of us that want us to win. Definitely. And, um, you're obviously really busy probably at the moment because of work and everything, but I'm curious, what have you read or listened to in your free time that's inspired you? Oh gosh, I'm reading a lot of books that talk about, um, the Tulsa massacre or, um, I'm, I'm, I just started reading the 1619 Project, um, which is very controversial because they don't want you to learn about the history of America. We, we enslaved Black people. Um, they don't want that history to be revealed. They think that there we might be teaching um, children to hate our country when that is just so opposite of what the goal is in terms of learning about the true history of America. It's a time for uh, black people to tell our story instead of uh, the narrative being directed uh, by white people. And I know I'm saying white people a lot and I am not prejudiced um, in any way, but I like to address the elephant in the room. I love to debunk myths and I like everyone to be at the table In fact, um, a white male has mentored and sponsored me and I would not be where I am now if it were not for our chief investment officer, Michael Miller, who saw something in me and gave me the autonomy to do the work that I initially did at Crucial. And now I sit and I co-manage an investment team alongside of him. And I always think how in the world did that happen? And it's through God's grace. It's a lot of grit. It's a lot of um, just being in the right rooms and networking with the right people. Um, the other thing is I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't connected with someone who had work, I had worked with uh, prior to coming to Crucial. Um, I think that our next opportunities, many opportunities that we are looking for that we may find, they're right in front of you. They are in your network. And so I would say to uh, to many young people that may be, you know, that may look at this podcast, surround yourself with smart people, different people, a diversification of individuals and speak up, speak out, um, ask questions, um, be prepared when someone gives you time, have your questions prepared so that you're not, you're not all over the place, have an agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, read a lot, research a lot about your interests, know a, a little bit about a lot is what I'll keep saying. 
Awesome. And then finally, to sort of round off our conversation, um, what would be one piece of advice that you wish you gave yourself at any point in your life? One piece of advice. Um, it, it's it's going to be exactly what I just said. Uh, speak up and speak out. I was a bit of an introvert and a really quiet young lady. Um, when I look back over the years when I was young, um, I had a lot to say, but I was afraid to say it or I didn't know how to say it. Maybe I, um, it was mainly because I, I wasn't in the mainstream of things all of the time. So maybe I was thinking something and I was extremely smart, but didn't know how to articulate mm-hmm. what I was seeing. And, and that was two things that was based on not being um, around certain individuals. And it was also me evolving from being a little girl to a teenager, to a woman, right? Um you know, development is really, really important. Sometimes we can't articulate our vision because we're not in the right places because we haven't traveled enough, um, either broadly or even, you know, I'm in New York City. So maybe I need to travel to different boroughs and I just need to travel to different networks. Um, And so it was hard to articulate certain things because I wasn't seeing enough. Now that I'm in my wisdom years, I can't shut up. (laughs) <laughs> no and you have so much good advice to give so I wouldn't shut up either but thank you once again for taking the time to speak with me Angela it was lovely to hear your story and to have this engaging conversation thank you very much for having me thank you bye-bye